to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with the nerve at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. Today, I am joined by a YouTuber, Maurice Andrews. I said that so weird, I feel like. Maurice. (laughs) Hey, man, I'll take it. You know, with with me... you know, with me just stepping into this, the fact that you even gave me an intro, I'm I'm honored, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. I've been enjoying your videos a lot. You do, we were talking before we were recording, but how you do just one continuous shot. And I mean, that's super impressive because like you have, your videos can be like 14, you know, like anywhere from like 10 minutes to 25 minutes, but you've got like good flow on them. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, as discussed earlier, if I can't one shot it, I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I keep my bullet points up on the the sticky notes app that's that's on Windows. And so whenever I come up with a topic and I want to, you know, explore that topic, I have bullet points on my main topics and just kind of flow from there because uh, I, I don't want it to be scripted because I feel that people can read. So I, <laughs> you know, if I wanted to have a script, then I can just you know, post it online for the people to see. But um, I wanted to, you know, just be natural to feel like it's a conversation and to go as as best as I can, you know, without disrespecting people's time, you know, but to at least <laughs> get my thoughts across and just go from there. Yeah. I mean, anybody who's listened to my show knows I absolutely admire that because that's the whole thing I do is like, (laughs) keep it casual, keep it feeling like, Oh, this is a person you know, make it personable. This is a person that I could game with. Uh, Ooh, I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. And you're not even that far. You're just up uh, now, like four, five hours North of me. So yeah, man, one of these weekends, bro, we can make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. So a lot of your videos are Marvel Champions. Yes, sir. Which I love. That's one of my favorite games. I don't know. That's my number one my game. Collection. Is that it? Is my no- Absolutely. Got all the the expansions for it. Still haven't played it all, which is crazy. Right. But I'm starting to learn as I dive into it. That that tends to be what LCGs turn into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is, you know, I've, I've bought Lord of the Rings LCG. I've bought Arkham LCG, but this is the first one I've really invested in. Um, So this is I'm learning that there's a lot of content that Fantasy Flight pushes out. And, you know, well, for me, now that I love Marvel Champions, I'm loving that aspect of it. But, you know, it leave your pockets hurting. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they used to do like when they were first going, it was like once a month they were putting out a new character and then occasionally they do like the expansion. But I guess by the time they really hit after that first expansion, it was like uh, the campaign expansion. All of a sudden there were like delays. And so it started hurting the wallet a little bit less. Yeah, man. But I do miss that. I miss that it was 
every month. I think just barely like last week was Ironheart and uh, yeah, and Nova, Nova, yeah. Which I'm really excited. I kept going to the store and <laughs> trying to find it, and my my local store hadn't got it in yet. Yeah. <sighs> so, but I feel you. Like I have not finished. Oh. When a new campaign comes out, that's what the <laughs> kick in the pants I need to be like, all right, time to finish the last campaign. <laughs> yeah, that was that was Sinister Motive for me. When uh when I bought it, I realized I, I only opened Mad Titan Shadow to play with Adam Warlock and Spectrum. Um, yeah. and unfortunately, like those are two heroes I don't care that much for, which I was kind of sad. But um now that I made it through, um I just beat Hella last week. So and I tried my 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 best against Loki and he's smoking me right now, man. Because <laughs> I think the, yeah, he's tough. When he starts switching in and out the different Lokis, it's tough to try to play in, um, you know, stun locking them or anything like that because you know he can switch out at any moment. So um, I, I think it's a brilliant design. I, I love that box so far, minus the heroes. I I'm not a fan of Adam Warlock. I think somebody put. Um, a deck together the what did they call it um it's not turbo draw i can't remember the name of it it's, it's a it's a magic the gathering term but you you can um i can't remember the name of it but it's so much fun because you get a lot of card draw with them it's, it's kind of crazy but if that's the only way i can play that man then you can you can keep it <laughs> like it's, it reminds me of quicksilver man that's why i like quicksilver all that much there's there's what? one or two ways to get oh i can't stand them man i like i, I understood the gimmick behind them but once you know the thrill is gone after seeing it a couple times it kind of loses its taste but it's kind of like donuts right? you eat one or two and it was the best thing ever and then you eat that third <laughs> or fourth one you know, this is gluttonous Maurice speaking right now. But, one, you know, once you had it, that third or fourth one is like, ah, I, I had it. You know, and that's 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 Quicksilver for me. Fair enough. I I Quicksilver is one of my favorites because I love how you can like attack and sport and, you know, like all in the same turn. You can even defend and then like yeah. still get him back and use him again that round. And I just <laughs> ah, I think it's so good. But yeah, like well, I don't want I don't want to deter fantasy flight from creating heroes like that oh, i think yeah. we need that kind of diversity right because i'm i'm a kind of person i love iron man um i don't know if you saw my video where i did you know, i ranked the heroes i, I love to... upgrades i love upgrades so iron man war machine star lord rocket all of them are up at the top for me i'm nice. not an event heavy <laughs> person <laughs> if i could throw some upgrades down and they can do the rest of the work for me Hey man, I'm golden. That makes me happy. So, um, have you played? Yeah, Nebula? I love that. Oh, I love Nebula. Yeah, okay, she's up there. Say. She's I wouldn't say top ten, but she she's lurking up there. I do enjoy. Her. Who's your so? Who's your favorite? Is it Iron Man? It's it's actually Thor. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I know. I just gave this whole spiel, and none of it was Thor. But I think, <laughs> <laughs> but Thor, I when he first came out, um, so. I bought the game because of Team Covenant, actually. I don't uh, know if you're familiar with those guys, but yeah. they would host those streams every Monday. <laughs> and I caught them when they were trying to defeat Rhino on Heroic 3. And that was right around the time Thor came out. And they were trashing Thor at first. But um, Steve 
Steven found a way to make Thor amazing with those mean swings. Um, this was, I think, pre Rise of the Red Skull. But when I bought Thor, it was just such a fun challenge to figure him out. I I, I could see what made him amazing, but I couldn't pull it off because it was so hard. <laughs> because all the villains would scheme scheme me out right when I yeah. right when I finally get him going. But as the 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 game progressed, the better aggression gets. He's like Hulk. The better aggression it gets, the better he gets. And then when Valkyrie came out, all of those Asgard cards came out. Oh, I love him. I love him. He's so much fun for me. But he he take a he's kind of like a build hero where it takes maybe that first run through to really get him going. Yeah. But that forehand size don't help. So you got to kind of play things to to get that around. But I love him. Yeah, he's he's my favorite. Hands down. Wow. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, like I remember trying Thor and I was just like, "Wow, this sucks so hard." Yeah, man. But then I played him in a team and I was like, he's great in a team. Like if you're playing with other people, really fun. But I felt like solo, I just could never get him. But that's awesome. Like that's the thing about these LCGs and stuff oh, is figuring that out. It's beautiful. it's a puzzle just constructing your deck. Yes, sir. So, I love it. I yeah, love me it. too. What's been your favorite villain to fight against? Ooh, that's a good question. Um <laughs> Once again, this might shock some people, but the well, the second collector, Escape the Museum collector, yeah. So that first collector that can that can be burnt in the fire, but <laughs> the, the the second one, it was it was something extremely different, and I and that that changed everything for me. But also Taskmaster, mm. Taskmaster challenges everything about your deck, right? Because even if you stun lock him, there's he has several. Um, he has several side schemes, and it's fun to kind of play with people like Shang Chi and Moon Knight and Elektra. If you can, you know, remove those, um, if you can remove those, those side schemes that capture heroes. But he's another fun one. Uh, Kang, I think Kang. Oh yeah, Kang and uh, Green Goblin are arguably the best villains that's out there for me, in my opinion. If I had to rank them, Kang and uh, Green Goblin are like top three easy. Yeah, you know, they're they're up there, but those would probably be my my favorite so far. That would be me too, Kang. I I love how it's more of like a story you're progressing. Yeah, he's and fun. So his one scenario just feels like a campaign on its own. Like I love that. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. The yeah. fact that you know once you feast, uh, defeat that first stage, and then it divides up into different game areas. So. For, for you know, you have to beat yours to get back to the other cake. Like it's it that was just um they 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 put in some really good work on that one, man. That was such a beautiful uh hero pack. And the hood is fun too. I really like the hood. I haven't um, tried him yet. Oh, he's he's arguably one of the most swingy villains because of those different encounter sets. Because there's yeah. like you can I think there's six or seven you have to put aside. And then whenever whenever the game asks for you to put a random one in, then I normally use like a six sided die and roll to, um, or I guess a ten, I mean not ten, a twenty sided die and do multiples of six. And that changes everything about him. So he, you may never play the same game of of the hood, which I think is genius. They did an amazing job with that. So it kind of feels like he's recruiting people from the city to go up against you. And I think that's just a a dope concept. Such an amazing concept. I've heard really good things about him, and I I have it. 
I've used the standard two, which is insane. <laughs> like I'll take expert one over standard two. Yeah, man. <laughs> you play some dangerous games, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no go. Yeah. That's a no go. I thought that standard two would be easier than expert. So like I was doing a campaign and I just didn't want to pull out my standard cards out yeah. of the campaign, you know, sort through it. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just use standard two. <laughs> Terrible idea. Oh my goodness. We lost so fast. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, man, you know, <laughs> if Marvel champions was the only game I played, I will put in the work to figure it out. But you know, ever since I started YouTube, it 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 kind of broadened my uh, spectrum of vid- I mean, I almost say video games, uh, board games, where I want to try something new and I want to, you know, find different things that I can talk about. And unfortunately, like Marvel Champions to an extent will fall by the wayside because I'm trying so many different things. But what's <laughs> the ironic part about that? Or my highest view videos are Marvel Champions. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I love board gaming so much to where I want to talk about, you know, I'm going to do one of these days. Um, you know, maybe this will be a sneak peek. Maybe next week I want to talk about um, Dead Men Tell No Tales and Subterra. You oh, know, yeah. those are two of my favorite games. And, you know, they kind of mimic the uh, what's that game? Flashpoint where you're, you're the firefighters that's rushing oh, into right, different yeah. buildings. Yeah. So, you know, they're. Dead Man Tell No Tales is like the pirate version of that. You know, you blew up this legendary ship and you're jumping ship to to go and pick up, <laughs> you know, all the stuff that's there. But you didn't know you bombed like this legendary, <laughs> this this legendary pirate and all his his crewmates are undead. So you're trying to fight them off and steal loot and keep the 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 ship from blowing up. Like it's it's crazy. But I love those kind of games, and I think that they don't get the credit that they deserve. So I know I don't have much influence, but, you know, just to kind of get that out there for people to get it on people's radars, man. I love to see more people play that. I love yeah. to see another one. That is awesome. I, I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with that game. So oh, Subterra yeah, I've heard of. Subterra. Oh, yeah, Subterra. That, I don't know if you ever played it. But I have that, yeah, so it's you, you know you're you're placing tiles out. Um, you know the game is building as you play. So there's 60, 64 or sixty six tiles, and you're trying to discover this cave and find a way out. You know you're a bunch of cavers collapsed. The, the cave collapsed in, so you're trying to find a way out. But the exit piece is in the last six tiles of that stack. So you're trying to uncover this this uh cave and 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 try to find an exit but the problem is you know there's there's gas in the caves there's caves that flood there's cave there's parts of the caves that um that that kind of cave in on itself there's enemies that's floating around the 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 caves that come out and you only have a certain amount of time to get out a certain amount of turns because the the difficulty you play tells you how many turns you essentially have so you know everybody make their actions and then it goes into what they call the um i guess the cave phase where you flip over a card to kind of see what happens and yeah and then it it goes back and forth but if that deck runs out every move you make you got to roll a die (laughs) so if even if you found the exit and that deck runs out every move you make you got to roll a die you know you got to roll a die 
for a skill check. And if you succeed, then you, you can keep moving. If not, then you get taken by what they call uh, horrors in the cave. And so it's, it's oh, it's amazing. It's, it, it builds that stress that I like from horror video games into a board game towards the end. I love it, man. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Because yeah. it's co-op, right? Yeah. Or solo. Yeah, you, you would have to control like three or four characters but i'm okay with that <laughs> okay yeah i'm an I'm a avid board uh solo board gamer so i, I like that i was I gonna say to i know you like there. to solo so like yes, what sir. are some of your favorite solo games Ooh, so you know surprise surprise marvel champions <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um because I, I play that one two-handed i don't like solo true solo marvel champions oh really yeah i, I normally play one-handed but i mean a two-handed excuse me but um everdale uh was a huge one for me um, you know, when COVID hit, I started looking into games that could be played solo. That actually kind of turned me into so a solo gamer because I, I was playing Marvel Champions, but I, I loved Euros, but I didn't know how to play them without people. <laughs> so I started looking to see if there was a such thing as a solo Euro and Everdale came up and Dice Tower was doing their top 100 at that time. And there was a lot of people that had Everdale up top. Mike Delisio was talking about how it's an amazing solo game and that it was uh, the automata for it was extremely fun and smart. So I decided to, to go out on a whim and buy it. And yeah, it's up there for me. Uh, I like Nemo's War. Um, that one is a little heavier. I don't but, know Nemo's War. Oh, yeah, Do man. Uh, you know, you play as Captain Nemo trying to go through the <laughs> you're essentially trying to survive the waters. You know, there's certain objectives that you can make. So it's similar to civilization where there's like a military victory, a science victory, stuff like oh, okay. that. But, you know, you're traveling the waters in the late 1800s. So you're seeing like Confederate ships and you're seeing, you know, warships from, from Europe and, you know, bandits. And you're trying to complete your objectives while maybe fighting them off. It's, it's super cool. I, I like that one. Yeah, let's see. I got a whole... Oh, uh, Chronicles of Crime. <laughs> so oh, yeah. that one, I think it's a better experience as a co-op, but that one, I don't mind playing solo. I love detective style games. The detective game by Portal Games. Love those series. So detective, Vienna Connection. I just bought the Dune one that they did that kind of does a detective style game out of it. So, yeah, I love those. Oh, I, Mashes of Madness. That's another mm. big one for me. I love that one. Arkham LCG. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's that's like my realm of solo games so far. That's awesome. Do you how how much of uh, Arkham LCG do you have? Since we've already talked about you know Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't stuck too much money in that one, man. I'd be out on the streets if I was yeah. invested in that one. <laughs> but um, I have the base game, the Dunwich Legacy. Oh, what's that first one right after it? Miskatonic University. Yeah, so that's all that I have for it. I don't have any of the newer investigators or any of the other cycles, but I see what's coming up. So, yeah. you know, the Excelsior Hotel and the Carnival, Carnival of Horrors, I think is yeah. the name of it. I want to try that one in the uh, the Express one where you're you're jumping the train and it, it's detaching piece by piece. What? Oh, I can't wait for it. Oh, oh my, my goodness. I can't wait to get my hands on those. <laughs> <laughs> so if if Marvel Champions decide to slow down one of these days, I'm catching up with Arkham. No so hesitation. 
that's what I keep running into because I got into that a couple months ago and played. I actually played Carnival of Horrors um, yeah. on a stream, and that was really really fun. But like, man, it's just it's one of those games that's so crazy how different each game is, and and how hard the game is. Oh, that's why I run Guardian. Like that, <laughs> that game is so brutal at times. I'm like, you're not catching me slipping with these yeah. nine and ten health hero. I mean, uh, villains, man. Like <laughs> I'm running Guardian. I'm throwing dynamite, shooting shotguns. You know, uh, hitting them with machetes. <laughs> yeah. You will not catch me slipping. I can't catch a clue to save my life, but I can definitely kill what's on the board. <laughs> <laughs> you can survive. Yeah, man. Rolling banks for the uh, win. I love rolling. Awesome. Yeah, man. It's it's super fun, though. It's Because uh, I, I, I love the immersion of the game. I don't remember who said it, but somebody was like, it feels like a board game. It's a card game that plays like a board game. And... For anybody that's listening and don't understand what that means, if you ever played a game of Arkham Horror, you know, you have cards that's out on the table that serves as locations. So it's a game that builds out kind of cool. Like if 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 once you have everything out on the board, if you were to put a border around that whole game, it would look like a board game. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But there's just so many cards that's everywhere and locations that you have to go and tokens all over the place that you're trying to pick up. It's it's beautiful, man. It's just such a cool game. It's beautiful. It's still going, which is another thing. So there's plenty of content if you ever decide to get into it. Yeah, man, I, I got a love-hate relationship with Fantasy Flight, but I'll always promote <laughs> their games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love feel it. that. They put out some amazing games. Yeah, I'm a huge Fantasy Flight fan. Yeah. Huge. Do you play other, like, uh, have you played their Star Wars games? Uh, no, but one of my friends have... I want to say it's Star Wars Destiny. Um, I guess the one with, with the pilot uh, pilots, like there's you have to uh, buy some of the extra planes to be able to to fight each other. On oh, it. yeah. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, I know that he has that one, but I haven't got my hands on any of their Star Wars games because um, I hope that they do one similar to Mansions of Madness if that don't exist already. I wonder if Imperial Assault might be that because Imperial Assault uses an app. Oh yeah, there you go. So yeah, <laughs> it's one I've one. always wanted to try because I think the app thing's interesting. And I guess originally when they put it out, they didn't have a co-op mode. It was like versus, right. but then in the right. app they added co-op, and people are like, "This game is awesome co-op." Hey man, that's so why I dynamic. made that video. That's exactly why I made that video on embracing apps and video. I mean, and board games, man. I think um, there's a space for it, man. I, I, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you feel like you're playing a video game as much as it makes bookkeeping so much easier, you know. And there's not, there's so much that can be taught through the app to where you have less of a rule book to to read. But yeah, but yeah, to to not stray too far off. That's uh, I may have to get that Star Wars Imperial Salt in a try, a try, excuse me. I think that that'd be a cool one to uh, check out. Yeah, me too. I love story based games. Anything yeah. that like gets me immersed. There you go. So there you go. Which is why, like, have you played Marvel Legendary? Yeah, so my friend bought it because uh, he probably gonna listen to this. He bought it. He bought it for me 
for Christmas, and I just got around to playing it. And I remember on the top 200 games that uh, Chef Stories do, Chef Stories and Kevin Erskine. Yeah. And uh, all of them that's a part of that group. And <laughs> Mike from the co-op shop, <laughs> the one-stop co-op shop, was like, man, that game is practically brain dead. So that always stuck in my head, you know. So when my friend bought me the game and I played it and I was like, I, I can see what people mean about the quote-unquote brain dead part. But there's so many expansions for it, right? So I don't, I don't know how good the game can actually get. Like it's a fine deck builder. I wouldn't play it over Aeon's End, or <laughs> people might scold me for this one, but I wouldn't even play it over the Harry Potter, uh, Battle for Hogwarts deck building yeah. game. <laughs> hey, but you know, you know Harry Potter's, is. you know, a touchy IP, but that <laughs> game is actually really good. So I like it. I, I don't think a lot of people really like that game, but I think if, if you equate it to the time it came out, there weren't outside of Dominion, there weren't a lot of deck builders that were out that was doing what that game was doing, in my opinion. But I think that showed me what co-op deck builders can be. And as, as my experience with board gaming and board gaming increases, like would I rank that high right now? Absolutely not. But I would still go back and play that one. I I don't know that I'm willing to say that for Marvel legendary. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not, I wasn't impressed with it. I'd rather play the alien one. I think the legendary encounters. Oh, that's what I was need to try. Oh, that that one. one is great is hard you know like i didn't struggle a lot in marvel legendary maybe that's where the frustration comes in is it's not that challenging but the legendary the legendary encounters alien one was hard man me and my friends struggled (laughs) yeah you know tooth and nail trying to get a win and we still were losing but i think that's you know if, if a solo game is easy it's not worth the time yeah i totally get that like marvel legendary i started playing very first game out was the first deck builder i had ever played yeah it just was like mind-blowing so i collected a lot of the expansions but even then the entire time i was like i wish i could just play as wolverine i wish i could just play as spider-man you know like and that maybe these cards that i'm the deck i'm building are like team ups or something you know like yeah but give me something unique or you know like and i started homebrewing it even and like Ooh, playing with design and, and trying to like make it what I wanted. And then Marvel Champions came out years and years later. And I was like, this is so good. Like, I don't even <laughs> like, I haven't played Marvel. Leg- no, I've played Marvel Legendary once since it came out. But it's yeah. like Marvel Champions just scratches that itch. We don't have to talk about Marvel Champions the whole game. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> but we'll keep coming back to it, right? Oh, you know it, man. You know it. That's my number one. So anytime Marvel Champion get on my radar, man, I hold uh, in. I've uh, I've actually thought about because I have multiple friends of the show and friends outside of the who it's one of their favorite games. And so I've thought about doing like a Marvel champions episode and just having a couple of people on that love the game. And we can all like just talk theory, talk shop. So, Hey, all I got to (laughs) say, if I'm not available that day, I'm available that day. (laughs) (laughs) I'll find a way, man. We can make that work. Uh, That would be awesome. I'm in on that. (laughs) Okay. We'll set it up sometime. (laughs) Love it. So how's your experience been YouTubing? Oh, dude, it's been beautiful. 
Oh my goodness. I actually I just start from the beginning on what got me into it. Uh because last year, late last year, um I started losing interest in my hobbies. So I love basketball, I love boxing, uh, I love board games, love video games, and none of it was bringing me any joy. So I got to the point where I was like, man, maybe I should go talk to a therapist. Maybe there's something happening in my head that I'm I'm not privy of because I'm not accustomed to it, whatever that would look like. So I started talking to the counselor and after two sessions, she was like, Maurice, I don't think you're depressed. I, I just think you need structure around your hobbies. Maybe consuming is no longer enough for you. And she gave the example of basketball. You know, instead of going playing recreationally, go hop in the league, you know, go. You got teammates that, you, that you're going to have to depend on. They're going to have to depend on you. There are stakes involved. You know, it, it changes, you know, instead of a regular pickup game. Now you're playing for something, you know, there's something there outside of just playing. Right. So she didn't she don't play board games, so she didn't have any thing to say about board games. But after that conversation, I went home and I was thinking about that. I was like, what does bringing structure around board gaming look like? Like, what? I'm definitely not creating a game. Like, that's, yeah, that's not my that's not my lane. You know, if I build <laughs> a game, you know, 20 years from now, I've succeeded at life. Right. But. <laughs> I was like, man, what does that look like for board gaming? And then I was watching a few YouTube videos and I was like, I think I could do that. Like, <laughs> like, you know, there's not, you know, there's not a lot of black people in the space, to be honest with you. And, you know, I started thinking about that more. And I was like, you know, even if 20 people decided that I was worth listening to, like, that's worth it for me. Right. I'm not here to become big in the space, but I can I think I could pull that off. So I started buying the the webcam and I started buying the the microphone. I got the ring light and then I just started recording. You know, I was, recorded an intro video. Um, shout out to uh, D20 Woodworking, uh, Jason, and also uh, Jason at Shelf Stories and Nelson, the living card gamer, because they were a huge part in me making this channel. Oh, and Tony Tales, because uh, I got the chance to talk to all of those guys, you know, got a 30 minutes to an hour and they were nice enough to sit down and talk to me. Wow. And I started making, you know, I, I on my sticky notes, <laughs> I, I started making topics on what I wanted to talk about. And then I just started recording those topics and it's been a phenomenal journey. So in this three months, I mean, uh, Rodney from watch it play tweeted two of my videos and sent me a, a message on Twitter, you know, two minute video encouraging me to keep going that he oh, enjoyed wow. my content. And, you know, the fact that I love, you know, I had that love for board games to want to share it and <laughs> look at me. Now I'm here talking to you, man. You know, <laughs> it's been, it's been fun. And I, and I think if there's anybody out there, if you're listening to this and you make content, if there's anything that in my infant state in doing YouTube, don't forget to have fun with it because I think that sometimes we get caught up in the views and the subscribers, but always remember why, why you're doing this. You know, if it is for monetary value, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Cause I don't think there's anybody in board gaming, whether if it's content creating or even board game designers that can afford a Bugatti, you know, like our hobby, <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe Isaac uh, Childress, you know, like maybe he can do it. Right. But, um, uh, but I, I, there's not a lot of quote unquote money in this, in this, uh, in this space, but 
as a content creator, you know, don't forget why you why you started this. I know that my journey is different than everybody else. I'm not here to become famous or um, to make a lot of money. Like for me, it was as as I started to do this. I, it, I, and to be honest with you, I don't have an end goal for my channel, you know, but the more that I do this and with me, and you talking right now, this is evidence of it. It's the community building. Yeah. It's the that I get to talk to people that love this just as much, if not more than me. You know, I, I talked about <laughs> earlier about there not being a lot of black people in, in this particular, like this space that we're in a board game and tabletop gaming is pretty popular amongst black culture. You know, we have, uh, we play a lot of spades and a lot of dominoes and um, Egyptian rat screw, a lot of card games, you know, that, Uno, <laughs> you know, I could go on and on. Phase 10, there's a lot of games that we play, but, you know, if I throw like Mansions of, uh, mansions of Madness at them, they're like, man, what is this? So, <laughs> so you know, to, to see that there is not a lot of black people in the space, but the fact that I can come in and still feel welcome here, you know, I, I'm loving it, man. I, I think that if anything, for people that's content creating, be a part of the community. You know, maybe... Maybe videos don't have to be your particular thing, but just get into these discord channels and talk to people and reach out to people on Twitter. Like there's there's so much in this space that we can learn and love to grow within it because it's 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 big enough to where games can be sold for you know, $200, $400, or excuse me, Marvel Zombies with the $600 (laughs) one, right? Like, there's plenty of of space out there for these expensive games, right? So there's enough money out there to where it's it's strong enough to, to support, you know, these heavy games, but it's still not mainstream yet, right? So there's still, there's still some growing to do with, with board gaming. And I think that, with conversations like we're having on this podcast right now and us interacting with each other on Twitter and in these discord channels, this is how we grow and culminate the culture of board gaming. So, um, so to bring it back to YouTube, YouTube has shown me what, what, what's the possibility is like, I don't know if a year from now, if I even have a thousand subscribers, you know, I, if I hit a hundred by the end of the year, I'm happy. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, if I hit a hundred, I'm happy, you know, and if not, I'm happy, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I found something that I'm good at creating, you know, and that's just sitting down, flapping my gums at people, right? Like, it's, <laughs> you know, I'm just sitting down talking about board games or half the time Marvel champions. So I'm having fun with it. I'm meeting a lot of people. The fact that somebody like Rodney from Rock, watch it play, know who I am. Jason from Chef Stories know who I am, you know, and interacting with all these content creators. It's just been a blast to feel like I'm a part of this community. So if anything, that's what YouTube has brought me is the fact that I can reach out to people in this space to learn something new or to interact, to continue that community building and just have fun with something that I truly love. Absolutely. I love and echo all of that. Like the whole reason I do this podcast is that I, so that I get to talk to cool people like you and, you know, the honor, (laughs) like, uh, I, I love it. I really do. I've never 
had knock on wood i haven't had a bad interview yet i haven't had a Ooh. like a bad person on the show <laughs> <laughs> that's so, good man that's good yeah. and and you got a lot of episodes man i was i was impressed because when you reached out to me I started going through your catalog. I'm like, oh man, my man's established. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I didn't know how a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how established you were in the in the board gaming realm because I mean, I stick to a lot of the mainstream people. Yeah, but as I started doing content creating, I started reaching out to people all up and down the spectrum. I don't know where you land at it, to be honest with you, but yeah. I think that the with the amount of episodes that you've done, but you're Man, I don't know if, if trailblazing is the right con- uh, context, but you, you've taken something and applied it to the board gaming realm that we don't see that often. I mean, how many podcasts do you know of, right? Like there's, not, at least for me, for somebody that's been in the space for six, seven years of playing board, well, um, I guess calling myself like a connoisseur of board games, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there there's, there's those hierarchies yeah. <laughs> of, of board game players but you know I, I think that that you've taken something and found a, a formula that works not only for you but that makes sense to people that's listening to it so um yeah man i think you're doing an amazing thing right now bro you, oh, you got something going <laughs> i appreciate you got something that. <laughs> going on and i think that you know you've you found a formula that fits that works and you're you're consistently putting out quality content so yeah, man, you're doing something good in this space. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal is just put more good out in the world. Uh, yes, Rodney Smith is like my oh, hero because that guy, <laughs> like he is just he's like the nicest guy in board gaming. He and he, yeah. he's so big. He's probably one of the biggest, you know, content creators in easy, board gaming. man. Yeah. Easy. And yeah. Uh, you know, the only people I think that could compare would be like Will Wheaton, who doesn't even do like you know the yeah. show anymore and to be honest with you i think the only person bigger than him is dice tower yeah which yeah, is I a conglomeration right. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's a big old group <laughs> yeah man i think they're the only ones that that is bigger than him and yeah and that's even you can probably argue that, <laughs> that he's bigger than them but yeah you know that's the only thing i can think of right now yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, it's that's like a whole gang of people. <laughs> yeah, against him. <laughs> yeah, so he's yeah he's something else. He's a titan, but and as big as he is, he's still so so nice. Like I hope to have him on the show one one time at least. Oh, I'm I'm sure he would, bro. I'm so, sure he would. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, let's talk about stuff outside of board games. Oh, here we go. Let's yeah. go. What you got? So, like, what do you do outside of board games? We talk. You talk about basketball uh you know video games yeah but let's hear it what else you got so dive into more of that are you in a league did you jump in a league sorry oh i most certainly did not (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm out of shape right now man i'll barely be able to play a full game now but i I did boxing for a little bit uh because that's that's one of that has hopped up to one of my top two favorite sports now nice um as you can imagine basketball is the other one but um, I started watching boxing maybe six years ago and finally started catching up to a lot of the, the heavy hitters in the in the game right now. And I think that boxing is one of those sports that has been around forever, but the popularity of it kind of waxes and wanes. And I think right now they're going through a, a, one of their golden ages, my opinion. Um, I think that 
a lot of the stars are becoming more household names now. And um, there's a lot of money in boxing, but people are starting to draw eyes to it. Um, thanks to Jake Paul, like he gets a lot of bad rap because of some of the things he partake in. But if you look at what he's done for boxing and how much he promotes boxing, I think he's a good thing for the sport. So mm-hmm. it's been fun to, to kind of say, yeah, it's kind of weird, you know, that he and his brother were just, you know, these two goofy kids that just did a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. But he took the sport seriously and he trained. And if you watch his first match and watch this last one, he did against Tyron Woodley, you saw the, the, how, much how much he's improved and he's taking it seriously and he's promoting women boxing which is another thing that that's a whole nother podcast within itself <laughs> but it's, it's been fun to watch watch him grow as an individual and promote boxing and i and i think that it can only go up from here but um with video gaming i actually kind of dialed down a little bit on it man yeah you know i'm a huge horror fan i love all give me the scarier the game the better <laughs> i love it man so you know if youtube with board gaming didn't work out i think i can find a a lane in in horror video gaming online <laughs> you know <laughs> do some streaming or something but I, yeah i love rpgs i think my favorite my favorite game man this is tough but i'll probably go with mass effect 2 oh, i think that one. If there was any game that I wanted another first experience on, it was Mass Effect 2. It was epic from beginning to end, you know, to see Commander Shepard die and then get brought back to life and have this epic adventure. You know, storytelling, Bioware is one of the top storytellers in the game. Um, Yeah, I I, I love uh, League of Legends is a big one for me. You know, I love playing it. I love the pro scene for it. I know a lot of people have issues with pro video gaming but i think that it's just another another avenue for people to make money you know it's a new generation um if you were upset at the athlete side of it there's worse things in this world to be mad about <laughs> yeah, yeah like, <laughs> i might upset some people but you know it's these let, let, let these kids make money off of something that they love you know everybody don't have to have these um you know blue collar jobs to be considered a provider you know these these oh, are kids absolutely. that found something that they love. They found a community that they feel accepted in and they're making way more money than you probably make in your whole lifetime, you know, <laughs> for one contract. But like, man, let these kids have their fun, man. They making a lot of money and they're, they're having an impact on other kids, you know, not, not that, you know, they're, they're helping kids, you know, stick to video games as much as they're helping them learn how to build a community around them, you know, from a, from, from a computer screen, you know, you and I are here talking and, this is this is um kind of an effect of what you know streaming has done to to the game. So it's it's been interesting to see esports evolve and how big that those teams and organizations have made an impact on the video games that are being created and the fact that they essentially control the video game they play. You know, a lot of these changes and updates to games happen because pro players have figured out how to <laughs> how to dominate with certain characters with certain items or whatever right? yeah so, um yeah that's huge um i mean there's like a lot of thoughts there's a lot of practice and yeah. like skill that goes into video gaming and like being able to be a professional video gamer like right that's totally legit it's i think it's just as legit as going into the nba or going in you know exactly. like NFL. like it's entertainment exactly 
that, that that's all it is. And I think that's some because some people look at the the physical exertion part of sports, right? Where you got to lift all these weights and run all these miles to get yourself prepared. And I will argue that you know the the physical exertion isn't there, but video gaming, but um. You know, try to play Counter Strike and go up against some of those guys that's been playing for years. Like the 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 they see a pixel of your character and know exactly where you're at and headshot you from across the map. Like that, yeah, that, that don't come overnight, man. That take years of work, and it may not be the same work as <laughs> you know exhausting and shooting your muscles. Yeah. a day, you know, like. right? But it still takes skill, right? Yeah. So you know, some people get mad at other people for watching you know, these pro players or watching these streamers or YouTubers play. But I'm like, man, if you watch a pro, a, a, a pro basketball player play, what, what wows us is they show us what's possible, right? So you play a video game and, you know, you're doing well against your friends, but then you see this guy 360 no scoping sliding you know <laughs> taking your weapon from you and all this you're like well you can do that you know you get that excitement of like man i didn't know that was possible that was yeah. amazing so that's that same feel that you, you you relate to a sport that you probably play so if you play basketball and you see steph curry pulling up from the logo you like man this dude crazy and then they go in it's like oh Oh, he got that in his repertoire. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that's crazy. But if you go and try to heave a 50-footer, like you putting your whole body into it. Yeah. For him, it's just a flick of the wrist. So <laughs> that, that's that same thing with like League of Legends, seeing some people excel. There's over 140 heroes in that game and the, or champions. And to see people go into that game and can play one champion just as good as they can play another one, it's crazy. All right, so... You know, not to get too far. I guess we're already down in tangent. I love it. <laughs> but, I'm always yeah. down for tangents. <laughs> <laughs> but to, to kind of reel it back into why I love it so much with, with video games, you know, um, I think that they're one of the greater elements of storytelling. I think that they, they get overlooked as kid activities or a waste of time. And I'd argue that there are stories in video games right now that are better than a lot of books. But I think the hard part is that what, what we learn from books is the idea of imagination and writing, right? Like there's a there's a skill in a in a uh like like you you are getting smarter when you read. You learn more books and you uh, I mean, excuse me. You learn more words and you learn rhyme patterns and you learn how to help somebody understand what you're trying to say. And I would argue the exact same thing for a video game where the, the character models that's chosen, the art style, the color, the cinematography of a cutscene. I mean, for goodness sakes, I don't know if you ever played Metal Gear Solid. Oh, yeah. But, okay, so what's the fourth one? Guns of the Patriots? Yeah. Have you played that one? Yeah. That 45-minute cutscene? <laughs> yeah, insane. The, the audacity <laughs> of Hideo Kojima to put a 45-minute cutscene into that game. But that's a whole episode, right? Yeah. But that's a, that's a small part of the game. So you have people, there's voice acting and mocap, motion capture. And there's so much that goes into video games that doesn't get the proper respect that it deserves because when people look at video games, they think of kids playing or somebody like Markiplier or PewDiePie screaming their heads off. Right. And, and, and I don't think that that's fair to these designers that put their heart and souls into 
telling stellar stories that are, that's engaging and immersive. But you're okay with going to go sit on the couch and watch this show for 12 hours. But I go play Mass Effect for three hours and I wasted my life. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild, I love bro. that. That's totally valid. Yeah. Like yeah. I have those same thoughts of like, you know, my uh, just old people, old folk. No, <laughs> where they're just like, Oh, you're hey, wasting your time on. playing video games. Yeah. And it's like, but like you go and do your thing. Like you'll, you know, go right. watch a movie. You'll go read a book. It's like, this is exactly the same. This is my entertainment. Like, it might yeah. take you 10 hours to get through that book. It might take me like 20 hours to get through this video game, you know, like, but, right. but I paid a lot more for it. And I also think like, you know, people are complaining about price of video games, you know, 60, $70 for a video game. And I'm just like, right. Look at how much work has gone into that yes. game. Like, and that yes. you can play like even a game, you know, for 20 hours, that's still nothing like paying $70 for 20 hours worth of entertainment. That's sweet. Yeah, Uh, man. Ask people. And so I can see over your right shoulder, one of my favorite games of this year, sleeping gods. Oh yeah. It came out last year, but I count it as this year. Cause that's when my store got it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I paid $90 for that game. And over the course of three weekends, me and one of my friends finally beat that game. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many endings you've played so far, but we got ending 10 and it was so Ooh. good. And I paid $90 to play that game for almost 15 hours. Right. And I only we only explored five of the 13 areas. There's so much in that $90. Right. So yeah. bring it back to board games and equate you know, the dollar per, per hour value that people like to throw on video games. As much as I love that game, I could still remember when I went through Detective. I only played that game for maybe seven hours before I beat it, uh-huh. paid $30 for it. And there are parts of that story that's still up here because it told an amazing story, right? Shout out to Ignacy uh, Chevichik. And Portal Games for creating and crafting a story. And that's where I love that board gaming has evolved because you can tell legit stories. Sleeping Gods. Ryan Lockett was in his bag for that game. (laughs) Like when, so I don't know if you, when you played the game, if you found, uh, oh, he's my favorite character in that game, Wayfinder. Uh-uh. I've only played a couple oh, hours. Goodness. I yeah. have oh, cats. Man. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't That's leave fair, the game man. set up. It's the worst That's part fair. of having cats is like, I have to clean up every time. Yeah. And, and so and, unfortunately and it doesn't get set up all that often. I would, I would argue that to play sleeping gods, because I, I didn't play it solo, so I can't speak on yeah. how much time would change in solo, but it was me and one of my friends who played it. And you know, we played in like five hour sessions. That's how long nice. it took us to get through the act. So we played, you know, the 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 event deck is like 16 cards or something like that. Yeah. 15 or 16. So that's how many turns you have before you reach that first act. And then there's an event you have to go and do. Right. But that. Oh, man, I, I wish 
I wish I could share my experience with you without spoiling the game, man, because that that's another game I could talk for, you know, talk about for hours on end because it's such a good story to that one. Yeah. By the end of that, me and my me and my friend, when we got through it, like I felt fulfilled <laughs> when I finished that because it was so much fun. It was a wild ride we had. So, 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 you know, with that event deck, <laughs> yeah, just to show you how much we didn't understand the game at first. So <laughs> it, it tells you how to build the event deck. So there's like supposed to be the, the easier cards on top. And then it kind of gets to the middle where, there's some interesting cards that might do you some damage, might not. And then the last one is definitely trouble every time you flip that thing over. Yeah. We, in our infinite wisdom, put the hard cards on top. So oh. we were struggling in that early game. But what was crazy was that we survived it. <laughs> so it got easier for us. <laughs> it was so crazy. It was so ridiculous. But we were able to get through it. And then once we figured out the flow of the game, we figured out that combat. Oh, it was over from there. At that point, it was just how much is this game about to troll us? <laughs> because <laughs> there are some bad choices you can make in that game, and it's so bad. But it's the the story, the overarching story, and the little mini stories that's around. Yeah. If you can get, if you got the time to get to them, are worth fleshing out. They're so fun. They're funny at times. There's some wacky characters in that game. There's some interesting characters in that game like we picked up a ghost on the ship one time and didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing <laughs> up until you know we finally finished the mission for it i won't spoil it if yeah. you get to it but oh my goodness it was so cool man because at this whole time we're wondering like are we about to start losing some health is he about to start stealing from us? <laughs> what happens if we take him to his deck and de- destination like it was just crazy man but that's one i will promote shout out to ryan lockett he did a phenomenal job with that game, man. Such an amazing game. He's a fellow Utah. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. okay. We look got designers that. here in Utah. Oh, okay. I hear you. So, <laughs> I don't Does Idaho have I mean, my friend John I wouldn't know, bro. <laughs> John D. Wood, he did a game with Button Shy that's pretty awesome, making Manhattan. Okay. But yeah, he's in oh, okay. Boise, actually. Oh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> so there's there's at least one great designer for me. He's hey, awesome. I'll take it, man. How about from Texas? That's where I'm originally from. Oh, there's got to be plenty from Texas. Uh, have you seen Wonderland's War? I want to play that. That's a beautiful looking oh, game. It man. is. So, I want to try that one. Yeah, it is so good. But one of the designers, Ian Moss, he's... Uh, he lives in Texas now. I guess he he didn't live there while while he made Wonderland's War, but hey, still, he, he us man, he us. Yeah. <laughs> we claim him. He's over there now. <laughs> he lives in there that, in that great country. <laughs> yeah, he works for Nirvana Games. He's in Texas, so <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Yeah, there's. I'm sure there are plenty in Texas. Texas is huge. So yeah, man. Ah, we need to. That's what a, I want to see a map of like. At least three designers or something from each state. There's got to be at least three in each state. Man, I feel like, and maybe I'm just, maybe it's just for my lack of understanding of all the designers. I feel like they're all like West Coast. Like they're all either in California or Seattle. Yeah, Seattle's got a huge, (laughs) yeah. Okay, I feel that. I feel like there's a good Or they're European. Yes, Lots and lots of European ones. Yeah. 
So, yeah. There's we are. I'm not. I'm too lazy to make a map. Oh, <laughs> I ain't mad at it, bro. I ain't mad at it. I just I just enjoy games. That's yeah, all I do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's do a ridiculous theme. So we come up with a ridiculous theme for a board game. All right. And I can kick it off. I thought of one. Unless oh, go you for have it. one. I do have one, but I'm intrigued to see what you think. You, you okay. know, you don't want to do this on a on a daily basis. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what you come set up it with up now. High. So you were All talking right. about horror video oh, let's games. Go. You know, like you love horror video games, and I feel like there isn't anything that fully like. I don't think we have a great horror video game that gives you that same ten or a board game that gives you the same tension as a video game. Like, okay. Yeah, there's some tension. Like when playing Arkham Horror, there's some excitement when you flip over a card but like i want something that like legit keeps me awake at night you know like thinking about right. that card flip or that, that maybe it has to be like an app based thing it doesn't this obviously ridiculous theme doesn't have to be super well thought out <laughs> <laughs> but like i just i think a cool cool horror themed board game that uh, like an app based one would probably be the way to go where like it could be playing music or sound effects and all of a sudden it just like goes silent and you're playing and you don't even realize that the music has stopped type thing because you're immersed <laughs> in it and then all of a sudden there's like footsteps and you're like what you know Ooh, like, I'd love something that, like man. that like just create that like atmosphere Ooh, so i like that I don't, I don't have any specific theme to go with it but yeah that that, that actually excites me a little bit man <laughs> Because I love horror, man. Because it's it's hard to to get people to be scared at a board game, right? And that's the I don't know if there's ever going to be a time where it's fully immersed like that. I think you just have to keep the video games. Yeah, but that's a I like the sound of that, man. Especially if you got a surround sound. Ooh, like that, that that'd be fire. You might be on to something. Hey, man. there we go. Start a Kickstarter, and it's like here's this game, and it also comes with surround sound, a surround sound system. <laughs> Hey, you know, that might be a good interaction with like a VR headset. Ooh, yeah. Mix a VR and board game if you can figure that out. Yeah. Or like yeah. augmented Ooh. reality, right? Like, Ooh, there you go. It's a little AR there. Bro, you might want to. We can start over this podcast if you want to keep people from <laughs> this idea. <laughs> Listen, I am way too lazy to do any of these things. <laughs> I'm too lazy to do video, you know. Man, like, tell me about it, man. That's oh my goodness, man. That's I feel you, bro. That's why I just make videos. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you do your one shot, right? Like, oh, but you nail you it if you if you can do it, you know. Yo, Why hey, not? Man. That that'd be impressive, man. Uh, that'd be impressive. All right, let's hear yours, man. You know, because I was thinking about it this whole podcast, because I was trying to think of something culturally for me, and I don't think that nothing works, but I think something that I think would be interesting to bring to a board game, and this might be controversial, but I was thinking on like the drug business. Because I think that it's a it's an interesting take for America because we deal with a lot of drug issues and we deal with a lot of crime that's associated around drugs. Right. And I, I don't know what kind of game that will look like, but I think it'd be interesting to kind of explore on what it looks like to, you know, distribute drugs illegally or whenever or a big pharma game or how they 
you know, have kind of taken things over. I think it'd be kind of hard to push either way, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> but I think that is, I think that looking at it one way or the other, uh, because of what, what I'm loving about what we're seeing in board games right now is the teaching aspect, the cultural aspects that they're bringing in. So I couldn't think of anything culturally, you know, from my past that would that could work as a board game. But I I guess I, I've only had the amount of time I've been you know, talking to you. But I also think that it, it's interesting. Like, um, have you ever seen the show uh, The Wire? I haven't. That's on my list. Like a board game like that, that shows that gritty underbelly of drug dealing, how it gets into these neighborhoods and, you know, what the the drug dealers go through to create this empire or kind of seeing the effects that it's having on people. I don't know what kind of board game they would look like. Maybe The Wire would be a smart IP because it's, it has a name. Yeah. But I always thought that would be interesting. You know, maybe not glorifying where you become like the biggest drug dealer ever as much as maybe dealing with the effects of it. Like kind of like a um, The War is Mine situation. Where yeah, this war awards. Yeah, like dealing with that, the out, not, not the... You know, dealing with the aftermath of war or what it looks like with a war going on, like playing, you know, playing a way to survive all of this madness that's happening. You know, I, I think that would be an interesting concept to take. Yeah, that is really fascinating. And I like that idea of like educating and teaching because yeah. for my wife, she's a school teacher and she works in like a Title One school. So it's like kids okay. who live in under the poverty line. That's the majority yeah. of her students. And so they start like recruiting into gangs when they're like in fourth grade. Yeah, you know, like, I remember seeing that in my elementary school. Oh, really? You know, yeah. They ha- they have notebooks with the different gang signs and you know all these different. Th- yeah, it was yeah. wild, man. Yeah, and so like, what people don't realize with gangs is that like that's a community. Like yeah. they are building a community and that yes it's a lot of that has to do with like <laughs> selling drugs or like doing illegal yeah. stuff like that right but they're taking care of each other they're looking out for each other they're making money and supporting each other you know like uh it's not like they're just i mean you know they might have some nice cars or whatever you know they may buy <laughs> nice tvs or whatever it is right. but they're also you know like supporting so-and-so who has cancer and you know, like they're taking care of each other. And so like being able to show all sides of that, like drug dealing, uh, the, you know, like gang life of like, uh, you know, losing a a friend in a turf war type thing, you know, like making those choices and, and having those like heavy consequences would be a very fascinating and like, eye-opening experience i think so that's yeah, a good one i wish i wish it was something that could sell in board gaming so i don't think we'll ever see it <laughs> or at yeah. least if we see it it's like 20 years down the road <laughs> when board gaming become more mainstream but uh and it's a tough topic you know it's kind of like uh underground railroad no yeah freedom what's the name of that game freedom underground railroad i think is the name of it but where, where you're playing as the slaves trying to escape right like it's 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 a it's heavy you know this war of mine is heavy yeah right so every now and then we'll get one of those heavy topic games that comes through but um that's one i think would be interesting but it might be too mature for some people depending on the direction that they go uh but i don't even know what that would look like from a design standpoint but 
if I had to go with an IP that I'd love to see come out, it's this game that came out on the PS4 called uh, The Order 1886. Oh. One of my favorite games of all time, man. You know, it's it's King Arthurian legend, but with King Arthur and his round table passing away, their titles remain. And it's kind of like a an alternate Victorian punk, a steampunk kind of game where the technology is ahead of that time at that particular time. Uh-huh. So you, you play as Galahad and there are these lichens that are running wild that's killing people and they're not understanding where these lichens are coming from. Because they look like regular people and then they morph into these lichens and just wreak havoc. So the guy that has the title of King Arthur is sending you as Galahad, Percival, uh, Lafayette. You know, you got all these guys that are going out trying to figure out, like, where are these lichens coming from? And it uncovers this heavy story. I love it, man. Talk about art in a video game. But I would love to see that come into a board game space somehow because i think yeah. that the you know to have you know you run into nikola tesla and he's creating like the um the early inventions of like a walkie-talkie for you. it's super cool man <laughs> so you know i, I love rad. to see something like that in a board game but yeah that's where i stand with it i love that you know and i i think that eventually board games have to kind of develop and evolve to that and even yeah you know we were you were talking about like uh you know league of legends or or uh what do you call that professional yeah uh, video gaming esports thank yeah. you you know like we got to be getting some like b sports or something board game sports <laughs> right like <laughs> you can, i'm down for it man <laughs> you can watch like you know people will watch uh games of chess you know and it'll show yeah. like the face their faces it'll show the board it'll have an announcer talking about like their strategy and oh they just took this move you know like yeah uh, it's it, you could easily do that with board games like you can have it we should be doing that there's tournaments people yeah. do tournaments hey, you go to cons like I think that a company, you know, like Root is so big. I've never played Root, but I haven't either. It, it, like, it's on my list, though. Yeah, it's like a really highly competitive one, and people like get really, really into it. They need to like set up some cameras and have multiple tables going at once, and you know, like do a have a, a narr- uh, not a narrator, an announcer, and yeah, like man. you know, I I totally could see that picking up over the years <laughs> and and building hype, you know, like. Give it the poker treatment. Give it the chess uh, treatment. (laughs) I think you're on to something, man. I I would definitely see like a Twilight Imperium one. (laughs) I just played Twilight Imperium over the weekend. And, you know, seeing the savages amongst my friends play. (laughs) But to see the savagery of strangers, (laughs) people who don't know each other, that's just, you know, going at it like friends. I'd love to see that, man. I think that'd be pretty funny. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like that would be incredible to be able to see that and uh, watch that. How did you like Twilight Imperium? Was that your first play? No, this was like my third or fourth one. To be honest with you, I hated it up until this weekend. Like, because I, I struggle with uh, war games because yeah. some people have a hard time dealing with the repercussions of your actions, right? Like that sometimes they get emotionally attached to it. So I'm not attacking you because I hate you. <laughs> like I, I'm attacking you because you decide to put that one person over there 
that's next to some resources I need. So if he dies, he dies. Like that's that's not my concern. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, resources are my concern. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's 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 a hard thing for me. So I typically stick to co-op gaming. But like it's it's I don't care that much for politicking in in uh, board games. Yeah. But like this past one, I had a lot of fun with it. It was interesting to see how things played out. Um, I'm becoming more open to them now. Like I, I'm okay with uh, going to war with people. I still have a hard time with deceit. I get, I have a hard time lying. <laughs> yeah. So games that require lying, I'm terrible at it. So I'll probably never play Among Us, but <laughs> it's it's super fun to watch because people are funny. But yeah. Um, yeah, I do like that game. It's fun. That's cool. I, I think, you know, as you talk about that, games with deceit and stuff, that would be a really entertaining one, right? That is the poker yeah. effect of, like, bluffing. And I could totally hear announcers being like, you know, oh, so-and-so needs to kill so-and-so if they yeah. have any chance of getting those resources. But will they yeah. risk that allegiance? You know, like... <laughs> oh, dude, you'd be amazing at it, man. Look at you. You'd be amazing uh, at it. So, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> oh, give these yeah. tournaments going. Whoever's listening... <laughs> if I wasn't so lazy, I would try and do it. <laughs> man, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a recurring theme, man. What's happening? <laughs> Yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, well, we should probably close out here. Uh, but yes, sir. This was an absolute blast. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was nice meeting you, getting to oh, talk likewise. face to face. So thanks likewise, so much for coming on. Yeah, man, I'm I'm here anytime, man. So if you want me on, on another show or, man, if you just want to chop it up one day, man, just, just hit me up. Yeah, like, I I'll, will. I'll find the time, man. It's because I, I, I think it is cool that, you know, and thank you for the opportunity, man. You know, I, I'm a nobody in this space, man. You no, know, nobody's a nobody. <laughs> I'm just, I I'm see just you. out here making videos, man. You're I'm going, just out here making videos. You're doing the work and you're interacting with people on Twitter. That's one of the biggest things for me is like, I will stop watching some of the bigger names when I see that they don't interact with the people, you know, the actual yeah, community. Man. And like, I'm here to interact with the community here. I'm here to like support people who want to be a part of the community and not just be like, I'm, I'm above the community. Like, you know, so, (laughs) so I appreciate what you're doing, you know, like, yeah, I think you're doing great interacting. uh, You're creating a positive space. You're putting out good content. So people go and subscribe and you need, uh, I will update this as soon as you hit 100 subscribers and I'll add what you're, uh, your new whatever ch- you know your title is. Oh, okay. But okay, yeah. Um, but okay. go and subscribe to Maurice Andrews on YouTube. Why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff though? Yeah, thank you. Uh, my name is Maurice Andrews. If, <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by the podcast, but <laughs> man, I just I just started a few months ago, and I I just wanted to talk about what's happening in the board game space. Um, I originally started with Marvel Champions, but I didn't want to put myself in a box that I'm a Marvel Champions YouTuber. And I also felt like that limited me to not only the kind of content that I wanted to make, but also the kind of people that I can meet. Like, I I don't think I would be talking to Riley right now if I stuck with Marvel Champions specifically. And I think maybe I'd be higher (laughs) with subscribers if I stuck with Marvel Champions, but I'm here for board gaming. I'm here for 
my enjoyment of board gaming, my enjoyment of being here with people, but also creating a uh, or adding to the community that's already here to let people know who's kind of new to the space that there's a place for you and for people that's always here, you're always welcome somewhere. So I'm here to talk about some of the games that's out, give some reviews. I'm also here to talk about some of the stigmas and some of the happenings of board gaming. So, you know, stop by and check out a video or two and comment. I love to talk board games all day. So I I definitely love for, for you to stop by and see what I got to say. And um, I hope that what I got to say is worth it to you. And, you know, if you drop a comment, I'll definitely, I'll definitely comment right back and hold a conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Maurice, for coming on. That was an absolute blast. Go and subscribe to his channel. Help him get to that 100 so he can get that custom URL. The URL, at least the temporary one that'll take you there, will be in the episode description. You can also just go to Twitter or go and search for it on YouTube. If you enjoyed the show, I would appreciate you sharing it with your friends and sharing it on your social media, spreading that love. If you really, really liked it, a review would be great on Apple Podcasts. That means a lot, and it helps the podcast get seen more. A side podcast that I have is Friend and Foe Adventure Co., where we play B&B, which is a, tab- which is a tabletop RPG based on the kind of D&D parody in the Borderlands video game universe. And it is a lot of fun, but it is explicit. So if that's not your jam, don't worry about it. You can follow me on Twitter at RyleDNerd. You can email me, the board game community show at gmail.com. And I and in this episode, we talked about like interacting with people on Twitter, interacting with people in the community. I really love to interact with people, and I value all of the friendships I've made in this community. I just, I, I love it. I really genuinely love interacting with everybody I get to interact with on Twitter and in the podcast. And thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for participating on Twitter and just making this space such an awesome space. Also, it is the start of Pride Month. So happy Pride Month. I am so happy that I have such good representation on this podcast. You know, we have people of, of all different sexual orientations, different gender identities, and I really value that. You know, it's I, I want to promote as much diversity as possible because that's what we want in our gaming space. I really want a diverse board gaming world. So happy Pride Month. Yay. That is it. Until next time, keep nerding out. My first experience of a heavy board game. so everybody has a unique way of getting into you you know there's that surface level of board gaming everybody has played monopoly sorry life chess checkers connect four right like that's the the surface of board gaming right and then there's a board game that rocks your world you did not realize board games can be this for me, that was Terra Mystica. So my friend. <laughs> so I went from playing Life, Monopoly, all of these to Terra Mystica of all games. And that about I, I, I still to this day don't know how to play that game. <laughs> but 
I had so much fun because I watched my friends who are phenomenal at Euro games just create these phenomenal engines and pull off these amazing plays. So of course I got lapped <laughs> on the on the scoreboard, but watching these great minds around me show me what board gaming can do that changed everything for me. So um that that experience will forever be fun um uh, both fun and fun for me because I learned what board gaming can truly be. And this is not to discredit gateway games or Hasbro style games because they are there for a reason. And there's a reason why they're on the shelves and not Gloomhaven, right? There's a reason why they're there because of the accessibility and the fun that they provide. So I'll never talk down on those games because I think that they have their place. But that is the memory that that showed me that next level, though that is deeper than what I find at Walmart and Target. And there's a whole community of people behind that that will preserve it. Uh, we got to work on gatekeeping, but, but I think that we got we got something that we can preserve. So, yeah, that's that's the memory for me.